Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. It's great to be with you because this week we are looking at the ultimate Facebook ad strategy for your e-commerce business. Yes, we are. Okay. So before we get into this, let me just give you a quick heads up. If this is your first time with us, a big warm welcome to you. Welcome to the show. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you get a lot of value out of it. And if you do, do the usual thing, you know, the usual subscribe and stuff. Basically, what we do here is I get to talk to amazing people from the world of e-commerce. I get to ask them all kinds of questions about what they know and how it's going to help us develop online. I try and have the conversation that you would get to have with them if you sat down and had a cup of coffee in your favorite coffee shop. Uh, we kind of dig into their story. We learn the principles uh, that are going to help us grow and adapt online, right? That's what we do. That's our MO. That's why we're here. Uh, so enjoy it. Let's get into it, right? So here's the deal, right? You're looking to grow your e-commerce business. You have heard about Facebook ads, but you don't know how they work or what's the best way to use them. So today is your lucky day. Of course it is, right? It's always the lucky day today. Uh, on this week's podcast, uh, we're getting into this whole thing with a beautiful lady called Meredith Callagher. Uh, and we're going to talk about her specific strategy for targeting the ideal audience that leads to more clients, more leads, and ultimately more e-commerce sales. Now, Meredith helps new and seasoned business owners find the right people uh, to effectively communicate the value of their offers and move prospects along their customer journey quickly, which, let's face it, is one of the key problems that every e-commerce business faces. How do we find the right people? How do we find the right audience? So Meredith helps entrepreneurs like you, like me, develop and implement marketing strategies that optimize uh, profits and meet our customers where they are with social media advertising, conversion copywriting, and even things like building out digital products on platforms like Kajabi. So if you are in that space, if you are building out digital products, uh, Meredith is definitely going to be of interest to you. So do stay with us. Without further ado, let's welcome Meredith to the show. I'm going to push this button. Meredith, how are you doing? Great to see you. Hey. Great, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here on everybody's luckiest day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great uh, writing. Sadaf, bless her, she wrote the introduction. Uh, and today is your lucky day made me smile. I thought I'm totally leaving that in there. Today is your lucky day. Uh, so yeah. thanks thanks for being here. It's great. Now you are, uh, we were talking as the whole thing was going off in the background there. You're in Miami, Florida, right? I'm in Miami, Florida. That's not so sunny today. That's why we had a little weather. I think we had a little weather that was affecting our connection a minute ago. But yes, you, I'm in usually sunny and tropical Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in usually gray and wet Liverpool. So, yeah. you know, I think that's the perfect compliment. So are, are you a Miami girl? Have you always been a uh, resident in Miami? No, we. I moved here almost 10 years ago, 10 years on New Year's Day, this upcoming New Year's Day. But I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, and okay. um, spent a little time in Mississippi as well. I went to high school and college in Mississippi. Um, uh, so yes, that's my story. Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. I know it very well. Uh, some very you good do? friends in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Very good okay. friends in Dallas. I remember the, the this is nothing to do with e-commerce, but I remember the first time I traveled to Dallas. Uh, my friends said to me, they said, what do you want to do while you're here? I'm like, I have to, whilst I'm here, go to South Fork, right? Yeah. I have to go to South Fork. I have to go see that place. Because when I was a kid, obviously, Dallas was big in the 80s. And um, so I did. And I have photographs of me dancing on the lawn at South Fork Ranch, which is fantastic. So, you know, a childhood dream was fulfilled. Uh, that's that's just put it that way. Was it smaller than you thought it would be or not particularly? It was, it was massively smaller than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Have you said right. have you been? I take it you've been yes. from Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. you do, you go around and TV 
makes this thing look like a mansion, but it's tiny. And you're like, oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Especially compared to your, in your head, what it's going to be like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely worth the trip. So if you're like me, an old Dallas fan, definitely go check it out and hear the story of South Fork Ranch. Uh, It's quite fascinating. The journey it's been on. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Dallas, uh, as, as interesting as that is. Um, so you you moved from Dallas via Mississippi to Miami, Florida. So how did you get into the whole Facebook advertising thing? Um, honestly, so the Facebook advertising, I hired a Facebook ads, ads manager once and sort of, and she did a great job, but it was like bells went off like, oh, I would be really good at this. I um, <laughs> and I would enjoy this. Just I um studied at the University of Mississippi accounting and what got my CPA and was um, worked for Price Waterhouse um mm-hmm. actually uh, in Dallas and in Europe. I was in Switzerland and London for a little while with PwC, and um, okay. but I hated that. <laughs> I like to travel, but I didn't like the. Uh, being an auditor or mm-hmm. an accountant, really. And anyway, so I did lots of different sort of entrepreneurial things after I left PwC. And I had gotten quite a bit of practice um, on social media. Um, for a while, I was selling um, high-end advertising and it came, and what came with that advertising was um, sort of influencer type marketing. Mm-hmm. So for six years, I um, was kind of a paid influencer. Um, and um yeah, when I when I hired a Facebook ads manager, I thought, oh, that looks like more fun. And I'd heard someone say that Facebook ads are all about the numbers. And it sort of went like, ding, ding, ding. I, I know how to do numbers. <laughs> so, <it sounds laughs> but honestly, it was really that thought. I thought, and I went and took a couple of certifications and it, it has proven to be super fun and interesting and a place where you, I can put, use my creative, um, skills and and yeah. enjoyment and yeah yeah oh so fantastic so i i find it fascinating actually that you came from the accounting background because this is a little known fact about uh, about me uh, and i don't think i've ever mentioned this on the show before my degree is in accounting and finance is it and too? So, yeah, yeah yeah it is totally and so i did the same thing i i went through i got my degree in accounting and i left university and went the last thing i ever want to be in the world now is an accountant I know. Well, so, you figured it out sooner than I did, I think. But yeah. I, which I was a painful like seven years, but I did get to travel, I guess. Yeah, you did. You know, there's pros and cons on there, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I I figured out quite early I didn't want to do accounting after doing my my degree, and it's amazing how quickly we both then went. I'm going to do something quite entrepreneurial, which is the opposite of the whole accounting thing, because. I would venture to say most of the accountants I know are not entrepreneurial at all. Yeah, I I mean, it's I think it's quite a different skill set. But I don't know if you I mean, you must have found the same thing that my my qualifications in accounting has really helped me get my head around numbers. Um, And so when it comes to business, that's been incredibly useful and incredibly helpful. You know, you get a feel for them. Have you found that? Yeah, for sure. And I do. I think I think I. I think I think I think in numbers and I do think that's helpful. Um, I, I remember always as a kid like that. But I think you can creatively think in graphs and numbers, too. But um, I think that it's helped me just organize my entrepreneurial business and project where I'm going. But also there's not as many um, numbers background people I think in the entrepreneur but at least in my world I run into more creative so it feels like it makes me more unique too which is yeah helpful. I would say so I think it definitely gives you a different edge um, mm-hmm. because there are plenty of people who are creative I don't think there are that many people who are necessarily data driven or numbers driven uh, in this particular field so I, I get why that would give you an edge um, yeah so how long have you been doing the Facebook stuff when did that when did you get so your little Facebook, uh-huh. just over a year after mm-hmm. I've been doing the ads, I um I sold this since we've got oh I have a mic, um I did I own this franchise sorry it's under my computer um for <laughs> five years it's like this high end magazine okay. um, where they and that's what I I did this where we we took business owners pictures sorry and um and then we printed this beautiful book and um and we distributed twenty thousand copies and, and I, I did that for about six years. 
sorry, total. I keep growing. <laughs> yeah, six <laughs> years total. I produced five books, and then, um, and that, and in that, they the people that bought into that book annually. That's where I was doing the influencer marketing. But then I, I basically stopped printing the book. Told the franchisor, um, that was a great run, and then just mm -hmm. went with left them and started doing the ads. Just yeah, a year ago. Just. Uh, 12 well, months so, so I, mm -hmm. I imagine it's been a heck of a year for you to choose to do that because so much has changed in the Facebook ad world in the last 12 months yes but I, I kind of think um so uh I bet most listeners know but just in case they don't what happened big for Facebook was the Apple released an update to their phone, which changed the privacy rules, right? That's mm -hmm. what you're referring to. And yep. this happened like in April. And I think Facebook was sort of like, they, they spent a billion dollars fighting Apple on this and they lost. And I think they weren't quite ready to lose. Like they weren't quite, mm -hmm. it's because they, um, I mean, they've had some great measures in place to counteract the privacy rules that um, Apple created, but it's been, what's been interesting is they keep changing their mind. It feels like they weren't really, they were in denial and they weren't really ready, even though they're Facebook and they should have been ready. So yeah, so it's been um, interesting because we keep having to, they, they'll, they'll announce one thing and they'll say, this is what you definitely, definitely need to do to make sure your ads work properly with Apple's new update. And then three weeks later, they'll say, actually, you don't have to do that, do this. And, um, but on the flip side of that, because I was new, I didn't have that, um, history of yeah, that baggage knowing right. how it worked in the good old days. And I mean, the good old days of eight months ago, you know, um, <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but I can see where that was frustrating for people that had been doing it for three years. And then on top of that in 2020, when um for people that started even when did i start in october 2020 people that started like in february of 2020 maybe they um their clients got just crazy good results because people like target and the cruise lines and these huge big business companies pulled out of advertising even just for mm. a minute i mean i can't give you don't quote me on any of those i'm pretty sure yeah, i heard yeah, yeah that yeah. they did and the, so the people that stuck around their ad prices got so good like they were getting you know webinar signups for 25 cents each and 30 cents mm -hmm. each and and so um yeah so i had to compete with that when i came on like i know she got you 20 cent leads but i swear i know what i'm doing no but um nobody's uh but yeah so it was um it was an interesting year to sort of learn with my clients as we went. But also I I wasn't um, frustrated with like a past history of yeah. different results. And, That's a really yeah. interesting point. I mean, one of the reasons I was excited to get you on the show um, was because you were quite new to the whole Facebook ads thing, um, uh -huh. which sounds a bit topsy-turvy. You know, people might say, well, why have you not got someone who's got like 10 years advertising? But yeah, I mean, we've, we've had those kind of guests on the show. One of the things that really interests me about you was you did literally start just, you know, right at the beginning of this whole upheaval. Um, yeah. You came from an entrepreneurial background. You spent the last year learning. And I'm really curious, you know, in that to, to sort of dig into some of the principles then that you've learned, because I feel like um, the stuff that you've learned quite quickly is probably going to be the most helpful, uh, if I'm honest with you, to our listeners. And so, yeah. um, so where, where, if you could go over the last 12 months, what are some of the key things that you've learned? Um, about Facebook ad strategy, right? Yeah. You're going to talk about Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I've learned lots of different things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, right. So Facebook ad strategy. Well, the, um, the thing to remember that's working best is, so what, what happens is, um, Apple, just to kind of catch people up that don't know exactly, but they said for all of their, um, their Apple apps, like Facebook and Instagram and all of them, now users, if you downloaded iOS 14, which by now, um, I'd say 90% of Apple users probably have done this update because it came out yeah. in April. And, um, I heard one number one. So, so when it came out now, you, um, 
basically you have the option to be tracked by one of these apps, by Facebook specifically. They'll ask you, would you like to be tracked or not? Before we were just all tracked. You could figure out how to turn it off. Like you had the option, but you were just tracked unless you decide to turn it off. That's well, right, now yeah. everybody is just, so I heard a number. I've, it's been a while, like probably since the summer, since I've looked at this, but 96% um, of people were opting not to be tracked once they downloaded it. Yeah, I uh, imagine it was so, crazy high. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, so really, one rule of thumb, if you can think about it this way, is your ads will be successful if you just try to keep um, track people on the app, on Facebook or Instagram, meaning, and so we're going to talk about like that video view campaign that I mentioned, yeah. but um, so I don't recommend ignoring the pixel completely, but before you guys, what, what made Facebook ads so successful is you sign into business manager as a Facebook business owner or your ads manager would sign in and you get a free pixel to take this pixel and go put it on your website. And then yeah. Anybody that visits your website or takes any action on your website, Facebook could track and then we could serve them ads. And it would even get more specific than that, not just because they visited your website, but if they opted into a certain freebie or if they put something in their cart but abandoned their cart, Facebook would have all that information and we could send a specific ad, you know, to people that abandoned their cart or people that looked at a certain item but that didn't um you know, that didn't buy it, or maybe they did buy it. And then you want to send them another item similar mm -hmm. to that. Um, if you're just a listener, maybe not an e-commerce seller yet, you know, that's how you got that perfect dress that you just would be look great at your aunt Sue's wedding. Um, it just showed up in your Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. That's because you maybe bought a similar dress from that website before, or for whatever reason. Well, um, so now what really works, we can still use that pixel. And I certainly suggest like put it there, um, on your website, um, and upload your email account, your email addresses to Facebook. It doesn't work as well anymore. Cause if they've, if they've opted out of tracking, then it doesn't help you very much, but go ahead and do it. But, um, yeah, there's things that we can do. We can track people's, um, movement on Facebook and Instagram, and they haven't opted out of that. They can't opt out of that. So if you can put in measures to, um, basically you can track your Instagram, you know, you can show ads mm -hmm. to your followers. So there's an argument for, um, maybe it, like a lot of, um, a lot of online marketers will say, don't invest in your Instagram followers, only invest in your email list because your email list you own and Mark Zuckerberg owns your Instagram followers. Yeah. Well, maybe those Instagram followers now are more worth, um, worth your time because you can target an ad to your Instagram followers um, where you can't necessarily your email subscribers. Yeah, this is, um, this is actually a really interesting point because one of the things that I've noticed um, we were talking with Katie recently, um, Katie, Katie Wright, about this. Um, there has been a, there's, there seems to me over the last, since the tracking thing uh, changes, more people are now investing more into growing their uh, Instagram followers or their Facebook yeah. followers, the people that actually connect with them via social media. Whereas before mm. it was always paid media, we're going to do paid media to a landing page. Do you know what I mean? And it yeah. was always go find an audience. I don't care whether they follow me or whether they don't. I just want them on my website, right? And I'm yeah. going to try and get them to sign up to a freebie of some kind. That strategy seems to have been one of the key things that changed. So now people are using paid media to get people to do something in social media, like follow them or comment on a post or do something on social media is that what you're saying yes uh-huh okay I, that is what i'm saying and i do have a little um an ad um campaign trick i guess to help you get more instagram followers you want me to share it real quick oh i absolutely <laughs> yes <laughs> i can just hear yeah. you know thousands of people in my head going uh, yes but if you don't matt we do so how do we grow our instagram <laughs> following you what's the well, what, what can we do yeah there? Perfect. Okay. So, so, you know, you guys, if you're, if you're doing this yourself, if when you go to 
create a campaign in Facebook Business Manager, you the first thing you do is you um, pick the objective. And there is an objective, so you know, of get more likes on your business page. Like that is an objective and Facebook Business Manager will walk you through um, how you set that up. You pick yep. that objective. But there's not one that says grow my Instagram follow followers. So what you can do is, is select traffic as your objective. So you're going to run a traffic campaign to a website. And then um, the the website that we're going to send people to is www.instagram.com backslash your IG profile. So in my, my uh, IG profile okay. is Meredith yeah, yeah. Callagher. And, and so We'll send people there and that, and you do that at the ad level, if anyone's wondering. So you put the URL where you want to send the traffic in the ad itself, mm -hmm. just if, if, if people are wanting to run their own. And then at the ad set level, there's three levels, you guys, campaign level, that's first, that's where you put the objective traffic, then it asks you for the ad set. And at the ad set level, um, uh, you can hit automatic placements, meaning they'll send your ad wherever, or you can hit manual placements. What I've done and has worked well for some of my clients is we we get rid of every placement but Instagram story. So we just run the ad to Instagram okay. stories. And Not then even I have, Instagram feed, just Instagram story. You could do the feed, but I've only done it to stories because this is what we do. Mm -hmm. um, and these my clients, they still have the swipe up. I guess now they're switching to that link there's a yeah instagram's moving to the link button but mm -hmm. if you could, this would work either way but i have the business owner um say and if, let's just pretend it's me hey my name's meredith callaher and i'd love for you to come follow me on instagram on my instagram profile i enjoy talking about facebook ads living in miami and what it's like to be a mom of three teenagers just <laughs> tell them what you really talk about and then yeah. say swipe up and follow me so you don't miss the latest and greatest ad strategy and it sort of depends on why you want people to follow you or, um, or, you know, the audience that you pick, but mm -hmm. Tom swipe up and follow me and just, um, Instagram is changing this right now. It sounds like they're giving out links, link clicks to people with less than 10,000 followers, but until like today or yesterday, only people with 10,000 followers had the swipe up, except mm -hmm. for in ads. If you make an Instagram story ad, you get the swipe up. So you okay. say swipe up and follow me. And I might even tell them swipe up, um, swipe up to see my Instagram account and hit follow on my profile. So really okay. give them exact directions what to do. Yeah. yeah. And it works. So I have a local client that's a dentist and you guys, it's hard to run organic <laughs> social for doctors and dentists. I do not, I do not run her organic social. Someone else does it. And she actually does a really good job for a dentist. Like she's got like 4,500 followers, which is pretty awesome. But, um, we got, followers for her at $2 a follow. And I think a dentist would be your, um, I mean, I think you could get it cheaper than that, mm -hmm. even if you weren't a dentist. <laughs> um, and, but yeah. And what's cool, what I like about it is they're real people deciding to follow you. So they're good followers. They're not mm -hmm. like a robot out there getting you followers. So yeah. So that's the strategy. That's really interesting. So if you, so mm -hmm. the strategy to get more Instagram followers, I like this where you in effect, go onto their Instagram feed, say, hey, listen, this is what I stand for. Why not mm -hmm. come follow me, you know, and, and, and check or click here or, or whatever, you you know, the, the call to action is. And you mentioned that the dentist got $2 follow. Is that typical? I mean, if I'm going to sort of embark on that campaign and go, it'd be really great to get a thousand followers. Do I need to budget in my head about 2000 bucks to do that? Or do the results fluctuate depending on industry or... I would think we did that this summer. I would think you could count on $2 or less. I like my clients to count on the high end. So they're not too, um, but uh, too disabled, you know, so their, their hopes aren't too crazy, but, um, yeah, a traffic campaign that stays on. So on platform is not very expensive. Um, mm -hmm. traffic campaigns in general, aren't very expensive. They're usually not that effective. Like, um, if I want, 
someone to go to your website and give you their email address, right? I would usually not recommend a traffic campaign because mm -hmm. Facebook is just going to find people that will click to go to your yep. website. They're not going to find people that actually click and give you their email address, but it's cheaper. So some people will do the traffic campaign to get people on their website because they just can't stand the idea of paying for a conversion campaign. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it's totally reasonable to assume you could get $2 a follow. Um, and you could try we for Dr. Patty. That's what we call her. It's her last name, <laughs> but that's what she goes. I mean, she goes by Dr. Patty. Um, we had her, one of her hygienists do it too. Like, Hey, my name is Jenny and I work with Dr. Patty and her Instagram's so fun. And we had a client do it and we actually got about the same results for each person. Um, but we were pleased with that. That cost. That's okay. And so, um, I'm going to, uh, so, so part one of your strategy is obviously we're going to grow our Instagram followers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but why, why am I growing my Instagram followers? I mean, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but just, just remind us why we're doing yeah. this. Okay. So I don't, so to, one reason to grow your Instagram followers is because then when, um, we, maybe you are, you so we're e-commerce sellers. So you, you know, Black Friday is coming up and you do want to offer people to a purchase campaign, right? That's another conversion campaign. You want to get people to your website to buy um, a cute blouse. Um, I like to buy cute blouses, so that's why I keep using that. But um, you, we can target all of your Instagram followers. Mm -hmm. So we can send to all your followers um, in your, we, we put them as part of your warm audience. We can send them an ad. Um, so yeah, for organically, you're still going to have to deal with the algorithm. Like you've, you've paid to get them to follow you, mm -hmm. but if you just want to advertise that blouse in your organic feed, only whatever the, the, we don't know who else, who all is going to see that on, because of the algorithm on Instagram. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you pay for a conversion ad and you can run it to your warm audience, you can put your Instagram followers in there. You can put your Facebook followers in your warm, you can account, you can upload your email list and your website visitors. But if they've opted out of tracking the website visitors and the, um, it won't, they won't get the ad necessarily, but the, your okay, Instagram so I, I see what you're saying here. So we're going to grow our Instagram followers or our Facebook followers or both. Um, and the reason we're going to do that is because they're then still in the Instagram and Facebook platform. So we're going to mm. grow our Instagram followers. And then we are, once we've got that follower, we are then going to use a second paid ad. Uh, you called it a conversion ad to promote product and service to that person. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And um, I do have another strategy that we'll talk about um, the video view campaign. Mm. But but one more note on that. I mean, yeah, it, it's why I like this for growing pay, paying to grow your Instagram and then paying to serve them an ad in between those two ad campaigns, you get to nurture those people. Right. And, um, with your organic Instagram content and mm -hmm. that's awesome. I mean, um, I love Instagram. <laughs> and so getting to know the business owner for sure might impact if I buy from you or someone else. Right. Yeah. So I like that. But the second, so the second, um, campaign I ha idea I have for um, current day mm -hmm. doesn't allow it's cheaper then you can get people into your warm audience for a lot less but they yeah. they're not going to become your Instagram follower and your you won't have that nurturing time but do you want to talk about that one now is the this video the video view campaign? campaign yeah yeah so uh -huh. uh, let me just um so if you're listening to the show sorry uh, uh, Meredith and I had a conversation before the show about these things, but I always talk to, I guess, about what we're going to talk about on the show. And this campaign particular, this idea that you had really intrigued me um, in terms of using this as a strategy to uh, increase conversion via social media. And you, it's in my notes, you've called it the video view strategy. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about now. So strategy number one is to grow your Instagram followers. This strategy, like you say, doesn't grow necessarily your Instagram followers, um, but you can target these people. So explain, Meredith, the, the video view strategy. 
the video view strategy helps us also grow your like to, it helps us target a warm audience when we're ready to go for conversions and hopefully get your conversion prices down um because you know we're targeting people that have heard of you before mm -hmm. that's who a warm audience is and so there um this the video view strategy is to start i would say at least six, give yourself six weeks before you're ready to launch the conversion campaign that, mm -hmm. that's probably as your ads manager, I would just want to have plenty of time. I don't know if you even need that much time, but um, we, I want you to run a video view campaign. That's what it's called in Facebook. Um, that is one of the 16 objectives that I mentioned before. You're going to start a campaign and you're going to um, optimize for video views. That's what you pick at the campaign level. Mm -hmm. And I, so I want you to create a video that you think your ideal buyer would be interested in. And we're not really asking them to do any, like sometimes my clients can't stand it. And so we go ahead and work a call to action in there, which is fine, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that. It, I mean, I guess ideally it's a brand video that a videographer yeah. made with you. I mean, I would say 95% of my clients don't have one. Um, I don't have a current one even, but there are those would, that would be awesome. Like if you had a brand video that's just told about your business, that was very catchy and fun to watch, that would be ideal. Mm -hmm. And, but it could be, which, um, it could be you talking about your business, especially if you're like a coach or, a co you know, selling information products, you really could just hold up your iPhone, which I've done quite a few times and talk about your business. Um, and I would keep it, um, you know what, I would actually keep it around 45 seconds. Um, I don't know that, because to run on Instagram feed, I believe we want it at um, 60 seconds. Um, yeah, 60 seconds yeah. or less, isn't it? Yeah, I started to second guess myself on the on the ad, <laughs> if it could be longer, but no, 60 seconds. And um, yeah, so, but you know what, if you've got an awesome video and it's longer than 60 seconds, then we can just test it on Facebook. Remember, mm -hmm. we're just, even if you think you're going to sell later on Instagram, we can still use it for testing purposes on Facebook. So it can be that, it can be um, a TikTok that I would, I, if I were, if you gave me a TikTok and y'all can do this yourself, I would take it to Canva and loop it to make it a little longer than, mm -hmm. um, I guess, or some people have given me a reel that's really short an Instagram reel. And I just go loop it to make it about 30 seconds to 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, some do, this is really <laughs> like low budget stuff. And then I would, I put, I just did this for someone actually for Dr. Patty and I put, um, a logo over the TikTok logo because they don't want that to show on sure. Facebook. Um, yeah, so it, though I guess the point is as basic as it as it has to be, but not something like I really want it to um, attract your ideal buyer. So maybe mm -hmm. if you're if you are if we're talking about cute dresses and blouses again, maybe it's <laughs> like the latest um, dress that you have in your store. Just talking about how adorable it is. I mean, that might not make sense if you're not selling it, but just any like what's in trend for this fall or what's a great Christmas present uh, for your your mother-in-law, you know, anything. And then, so you get the point of what the video could be. It can be anything. And then we're going to run a, a video view campaign to, and what, what that means is, is Facebook optimizes for through play. So they call a result is somebody that watched the video for at least 15 seconds. And, okay. um, most of my clients get this real, honestly, most of them get it get a three play for three to four seconds. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, three to four cents. So it costs them three or four cents for somebody to watch it for 15 seconds. All right. Okay. And then just to shorten my babbling, and then what we can do is once we have a thousand people that have watched your video for 15 seconds, we can, um, and you can imagine, I am a numbers person, but I can't do it quite in my head. I think over like, if you're getting them for three cents of view in three days, I believe about if, um, well, it depends on how much you're spending, but um, I'm going to go back and get more complicated. I get like fill in mm -hmm. a few details, but I just, I wanted them to see like, the point is we find a thousand people yeah. that um, watch your video for at least 15 seconds. They become part of your warm audience. We go into events 
manager and create an audience called a custom audience of video viewers. And you call them, you know, watch Meredith's October video for 15 seconds. But, and so then when we feed, when we, in four weeks from now, if we, if when we create a conversion campaign to your warm audience, we're going to, um, deliver that campaign to your Instagram followers, your Facebook followers, and the people that watch this video for 15 mm -hmm. seconds. And then the next thing that's really cool is we're going to create a lookalike audience. So Facebook's going to find 3 million people, 4 million people that have very similar demographics of people that watched your video for 15 seconds. And yep. you guys, those lookalike audiences do so well. They've always done well. And, but before we would create lookalike audiences of your email list or of mm -hmm. your website visitors. Mm -hmm. But since we can't anymore, this video view, and, and we can create a lookalike audience of your Instagram followers too, but this, this um, video view lookalike audience, they're doing really well. So, so, uh, so you would then create this lookalike. So you've got the video views, a thousand people. You would then create a lookalike audience, um, which would be say three million people, and then mm -hmm. you would um, target uh, through this video view campaign using traditional now paid media to those, which is going to cost various different exactly. costs depending on your industry, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. But in effect, what you're saying is for the a thousand views at three or four cents each, which is thirty to forty dollars. You've managed to create a potential audience of three million, um, amazingly targeted people. Is is what I'm hearing, which is, which is insane. I mean, that's yes. incredibly cheap, right? And you've had some yes. great success with this. I take it. Yeah, for actually every client I've done, we do we do the video view campaign, and we make it go longer. So we'll run. I usually, um, oftentimes my clients don't come to me like six weeks ahead of time, but I can <laughs> usually convince them to run this for. And I want to give you a little more detail now. We'll run it for seven days. We'll run a video view campaign. We'll we'll pick a video, and I'll ask them to spend twenty dollars a day. So that's going to spend 140 dollars on testing yeah. and what we do is they're they tell me who their ideal buyer is so i'm just going to use me she's a woman in her 40s that lives in the united states maybe but maybe you know she's english speaking but she might live in what a lot of advertisers call the big five u.s mm -hmm. canada new zealand australia the uk um whatever you tell me who you think your ideal buyer, and you don't you might not know exactly you might think you know but you go ahead and lay it out then using your description and you can do this i i go and find i use her personality to find to create four different cold detail targeted audiences meaning so when i go in to ads manager and i'm picking the audience um let me break it down a little more i said we're going to spend 20 dollars a day i'm going to run four different ad sets because that ad sets is where your audience is at five dollars each so i have four okay. different yep. audiences basically right those four i'm going to pick different parts of her um personality that you told me about so one of those like let's say you you're a, um you target teachers is a little bit like you target um women that like to shop at neiman's or something and that and this is one that i had this just um, Sida, if you think your ICA likes, um, your ideal customer likes self-help, that has done really well for me. So when I target Brene Brown, people interested in Brene Brown and mm -hmm. Oprah and um, Elizabeth Gilbert, mm -hmm. those cold audience, those people like to buy things, which is interesting. But um, <laughs> but if you told me, so my ideal client shops at Neiman high-end places and she likes self-help and she likes to work out. Uh, like she likes to run those might be four different three different i just think audiences yeah. and then so then what happens is we start the campaign i start collecting video views and i get my warm audience like we already talked about which i can create a lookalike from but a third thing it does for me is i'm gonna see which of those four ad sets perform better sometimes i don't i'd say out of the if all of my clients 40% of the time, 40%, they do exactly the same. <laughs> Meaning every one of those four different ad sets cost me about three cents a view. Okay. All right. And I can't necessarily tell a winner, but 60% of the time, this one, like this self-help, I see mm -hmm. quite a few times will cost me 
three cents, but this one costs five, this one costs six, and this one costs sure. nine. And so then I know which cold. So then when I go to do my conversion campaign, if we have $150 to spend a day on the conversion campaign, I'll do $50 to my warm audience, which mm -hmm. is the viewers themselves, the Instagram followers, all of that. I'll do $50 to the lookalike, and I'll do $50 to that cold, self-help group that did okay. really well and every once in a while if you have that money to compare the look-alike to the to the detailed cold sometimes especially this year as managers are reporting not just me that they're the the cold the completely cold like that self-help that's easy. it does better than the look-alike every once in a while but that wouldn't be my guess if you didn't have if you were trying to limit your budget i'd pick the look-alike first mm -hmm. um usually they do better but yeah but that's cool. That's what, so that's, that's why I love that video view campaign just for, if I can get someone to spend, um, you know, $140 for a week, I've created a warm audience, created a really cool lookalike and been able to test detailed targeting and to see what works. Wow. So, um, the strategy then, if I can put it this way is yeah. if I can simplify it in my head a little bit, you're creating a warm yeah. audience. And that warm audience could be people who have watched videos or it could be Facebook lights. You've talked about both. Yeah. And we're then going to target that warm audience. We're going to use that warm audience to create a, what Facebook calls a lookalike audience. So Facebook goes and finds people who are very similar to the ones which you have sent, uh, which have connected with you. Uh, you're going to market to those and you're going to start to understand the demographics and the interests um, of people that like you and you're going to target those on a cold basis as well. And you're going to mm -hmm. test those, see which one performs best and probably run with that one. Um, I'm, I, is there, I guess one of the questions in my head, Meredith is, is there a place to do the video view strategy and then you market to those people, those video view people and possibly the lookalike audience um, to like your Instagram page, um, yeah. does that strategy reduce the $2 a follow? I'm curious to know if you've tried it that. It should. Um, or I am I ever complicating it? No, no, but it would work really well. It would work mm. really well, especially, um, um, yeah, I think that that, like your lookalike, um, Andrew Warm should be people that would certainly be interested to follow you. And they might be more likely to follow you on Instagram if um, if they've seen a video first and then mm. and they watched it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And is there, if I'm going to say grow my Instagram following, is there a minimum number I should have before I start to pay money to grow my Instagram following? I.e., does this work if I've got a brand new Instagram account? Um and no real followers, or is it? Does it work better if I've got, say, ten thousand followers already? I'm kind of curious. To the only, the only reason it would work maybe a little better, and I um, is just for authority. Meaning, if you have ten thousand followers, there might be some people that um, uh, believe that you are more of an authority than someone that only has twenty followers yet. But sure. you know, you could counteract that with the video that you invite them. Hey, I've got a new account and this is why I have a new account swipe yeah. up. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, um, it could be a good place to put your money, especially if you are new and want to grow fast and have some capital to invest in your business. I think that, um, I like these followers, you know, meaning, um, I'm not a totally opposed to robots. Like I think the robots that are out there that, um, one time I used, um, a robot that liked, like I would tell the robot, if anybody hashtags, this is when, um, like Miami mom or something like mm -hmm. that, then like their post and it would like thousands of, and then people, those people would come back and mm -hmm. sometimes they'd follow. But, um, but I always felt like it was okay because it was still a real person deciding to come back and follow the account. Mm -hmm. Like they, somebody, some robot liked their hashtag. But I even like this better because, <laughs> I don't know, because they hear my clients speak, mm -hmm. they tell them why they should come follow, and then they take the time to swipe up and check out your account. So I think yeah. it's a good place for a, um, you know, a new person to put their money. But I do think maybe someone with more followers might get lower costs just from that authority. 
Yeah. It's weird. I mean, it's been proven if a post has like 3,000 likes, people on Instagram are more likely to like it just because it has a bunch of likes. Which yeah, is weird. social proof, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're, um, if you're going with this strategy of, say, the video viewed strategy, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm investing three or four cents to go get someone to watch my video for 15 seconds and I'm creating that. And you mentioned do that for about 1,000 people. Um, once I reach 1,000 people, do I stop with that? Am I happy with my lookalike audience or am I continually doing that, continually refining my lookalike audience? I like it. Um, if you can work that into your budget, I um, think keep it going. Like I would... I would, it would just get your lookalike to be better and better. And in fact, um, you can always see this, but on, when you're in, uh, ads manager on the like results screen, I guess, like the, the first screen you come to an ads manager where you see all your campaigns listed out, there is, um, a button on the right. I know that most people's right side that um, you can customize the column, mm-hmm. uh, customize what you see, and you can see video results. And it will show you people that have watched um, 15 seconds of through play, but it, then it'll show you people that have watched 25% of the video, 50%, 75 and 100%. So yeah, if you run it long enough, you can get a 1000 mm-hmm. people that have watched 100% of your video, and they make an even better lookalike right? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the reason I say a thousand is because that's the minimum. I, I think it's not the minimum. You could create a video view audience of like 250 people that have watched your video. But once you go to create a lookalike, I think you have to have a thousand people mm-hmm. to create. The but, um, yeah, I think, um, so at a minimum, if you were in a hurry, but budget wasn't necessarily a problem, I would start the video view campaign. And then as soon as you have a thousand, you could start your purchase campaign. Mm-hmm. But I, if budget's not a problem, I would just keep the video view campaign going. And for most of my campaigns, um, I there's another number you can see in the results of your ads that it's called frequency, the number of times someone has seen your ad. Mm-hmm. And I let ads go till usually until they get to four um, and then I might change it so that, and honestly for your conversion ads for e-commerce people, like a lot of people go further than four, five, six, seven, but for the video view, that'd be a good rule of thumb. Just change it at four. And if you're, especially if you're nationwide or worldwide, it takes a while to get to four. So I would imagine if you've got 3 million in a potential lookalike audience, that's 12 million uh, video views. Yeah. uh, 12 million. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I, I and I really like this as a strategy because it it's such a simple way to start to build good audiences to target because it means your conversion ads are much cheaper because you've got a much yeah. better much warmer audience right um, and this right. is why we're doing it we're building the warm audience to make our conversion ads one more effective and two an awful lot cheaper um, right. and I can see this working for e-commerce sites especially e-commerce sites that are very brand authentic and you know or there's a there's um a personality driving it you know that kind of there's there's good people strength i can see that working super well there i could see it does this work well for the course creator i mean you know someone who wants to create like an online course would they do the exact same strategy yep yes i'm doing that um yeah in fact i have a course creator right now who's launching um uh in January, probably January one, how to lose the last 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. And she's running a video now that is longer than a minute. And she, she, her target is millennial women. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm not a millennial, but I, so, but she feels like her audience is on Instagram more than Facebook, but she made a two and a half minute video that um, is giving some tips on, holiday eating that's what it is and it's awesome and so we're running that now and then um collecting data and then um she's actually going to run a quiz in between now and then so we're going to first run her quiz um to try to build her email list to these people that watched her video but when we're ready to launch the course we'll have increased her email list and we'll also have created these great video view audiences yeah Wow. So, um, so you can use it to create courses. What about some, I'm, I'm just thinking totally left field here. Let's say I wanted to grow the podcast audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I wanted to get more listeners to the podcast. Would this strategy work for something like that, which is not necessarily a course, it's not an e-commerce product, it's just content that we put out there. Would would that work? Yeah, I think so. I um I because you are it's really um you're growing your audience and there are some ads that can help. So, they can help increase your podcast listeners. Um uh but you know, we would use the video view strategy to mm. figure out who to send the ads to to get listeners. And I mean, the what could be cool though is the video that you use could be talking about your podcast. So, um I tell people don't expect to get a lot of call to actions from this video because it's so crazy how the computer works, but Facebook really is only looking for people interested at that moment to watch a video. Mm -hmm. And that's all you're paying them for. You're just paying them the three and the four cents. Mm -hmm. So they don't find a lot of people like jumping over to go listen to the podcast, but it couldn't hurt. I mean, sometimes we couldn't hurt. Tell them about a great episode. You know, maybe you just Mm -hmm. tell them about a great episode and then, oh, you know, go find me where you, where, you usually listen to podcasts or yeah. 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 And then anybody that watched your video, we would know then to serve them an ad about listening to your podcast. So the, the video views, um, so the Instagram follower strategy, you were deliberately targeting Instagram stories with the video views. Where am I placing those videos? Am I placing them in stories just on Instagram feeds or Facebook feeds? I'm so glad you asked that because most of the time, for every other ad campaign, the rule of thumb lately is to do automatic placements because the thought is that, and I'm learning this lesson, Facebook really does know best usually mm-hmm. like because they've got the computer <laughs> and there's so many of us think, but we really know like our, like my, my millennial weight loss coach, you know, she's like, but they're not on, they're on Instagram. But if that's true, then that's great. Facebook will figure it out because mm-hmm. they've got the computer to um, information from computer, but, um, for the video view campaign, you guys go to in ads, the ad set level where, um, check, don't uncheck automatic placements and do manual placements and do only Facebook and Instagram. There is, um, two other options. And one is, um, like, um, oh gosh, I usually know, but it's, there's two other options. One is like these, there's some, it's like the gaming gaming network. That's not mm-hmm. what it's called, but it's some weird places, which usually I'd want you to put your, like your conversion ads to just in case, mm-hmm. but it screws up the video view campaign, meaning people might watch your video over there, but you can't count them in your warm audience later. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah. So I'd run into Facebook and Instagram and I wouldn't try to pick one over the other. I just let, see what happens and see let, what happens. And yeah. what format is the video? Is the video landscape? Is it portrait? Is it square? That's another good question. I'd go square. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to, um, sometimes I go square and then, um, I would maybe reformat it for IG stories if you can. So, um, I like if my clients, just send me a square or they usually don't send me a square. They usually like hold up their phone and go mm. way back. I tell them to back up so I can crop it up. <laughs> I do have sometimes <laughs> they're like here and I can't. Um, but I'll, if I can't make it nine by 16, then I'll just take the square and put it in Canva usually it's, and make it a nine by 16. It does look better if you reformat it before you get to ads manager instead mm. of having ads manager do it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. So do a square video except for the one for Instagram stories, which is going to be the portrait long yeah. long video, isn't it? Okay. Uh-huh. No, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Do you, when you do video views to stories though, do you have a 15 second because there's like a 15 second cap per story, isn't there? Well, I think you get a minute with the ad. So okay. that's another yeah. So, um, so yeah. And one thing that you don't have to worry too much about you guys, like if you have a great video that's, um, longer than a minute or wouldn't work in stories, when you load it up to business manager, they're going to tell you like, this isn't going to work. And so, which is fine. Then just run it to the Facebook feed. Um, so yeah. So, um, but that's why if my client's asking me, I tell them, let's try to keep it under a minute so we can put it in as many places as possible. But yeah, Yeah, uh that's great. That's really helpful. So 
I have so many questions, Meredith. This is like so it. many rabbit holes we could go down, isn't there? Which is uh-huh. uh, which is lovely. Um, I understand that the the simplicity uh, of this when it comes to building the warm audience. So we've talked a lot about building the warm audience, um, but in terms of marketing, then to that audience, um, you talked about. Uh, a conversion ad, the objective of being conversion. Are there other objectives that we should look at when it comes to remarketing to that that audience that we've built? Not really, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> there, it is the most expensive conversion, and that's because we're asking Facebook to find people that will leave their platform and go give us something off platform, whether it be their email address, which is a lead. So if you're wanting to give them a freebie in exchange for their email address, you still do conversion, but you optimize for lead. Or if you want them to give you money to buy something, Mm -hmm. um, honestly, it's best to ask Facebook exactly, you know, to optimize for exactly what you want. Um, that's why, conversions are best. And the the only other reason people use the other one, like traffic or traffic, (laughs) there's other things like brand awareness and, Mm. um, is really because they're cheaper, but they just don't work as well. So Mm -hmm. I can't advise um, them. I mean, if you're trying to like, if you're at the top of your, um, customer's journey and you're just trying to build brand awareness, um, you could run a brand awareness campaign, but, Mm. I don't know. Um, and, and some people like to run an unenge- get your question though, is after you get the video view campaign, is there any yeah. reason to feed those people? And so I don't think so. Mm. Um, honestly. Okay. So my, <laughs> uh, like I say, I've got lots of questions, but this will be my last question. Otherwise, I need to end this because otherwise we'll be here yeah. 24 hours later. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there listening to this going, this is cool. Um, and maybe you don't know how Facebook manager ads manager works. There's plenty of videos on YouTube, which will tell you how Facebook yes. ads manager works. Right. And so you can take the notes, the transcript from today's show. You can listen to it over and over again. You can watch those videos on YouTube. And I think within a couple of hours, you'll know enough to be able to do this yourself. That would be my uh, guess. Uh-huh. But if I'm, if I'm sitting there, um, thinking, well, this all sounds great. I could do it myself or I could outsource it either way. What sort of realistic budget do I have to have in mind? So you mentioned um, 20 bucks a day to build the warm audience. You're going to spend $140 on that. Um, I'm going to start to build this warm audience. So that's maybe 140 to 200 bucks, figuring that out. But that's just to build the warm audience. So then I've got to run some other ads as well. Typically, what if I've got, say, less than $500, is this strategy worth doing? Um, should I be in my head going actually f- to really get some interesting data, to get some really interesting results, minimally two grand is, is where you need to be. I don't know, Meredith, this is a, the yeah. kind of question yeah. that I'm asking. So, um, I, so the short answer is, is I'd love to, p- for people to invest $1,500 a month mm-hmm. in first the video, just uh, and that comes from about $50 a day. So maybe it's a little mm-hmm. less than that. If the first week you were just spending $20 a day and then the rest of the month, $50 a day. Mm-hmm. But that's mainly because with the conversion campaign, I mean, you've got to, if, if, for e-commerce people, if you're selling something, then, um, it, you know, it costs money so that the $50 a day often gets us um, great leads, great, mm-hmm. like, um, if we're trying to collect email addresses and there, because of iOS 14 and all these other reasons, it's gotten a little more expensive, but $50 a day gives you a good, um, the, the ad, like, should I say this? It makes sense. The, to get out of the learning phase in ads manager, which is always the goal, they want you to have 50 conversions a week. And to do that, you need enough money to get people to convert 50 times, to give you their email or whatever. You've yeah. got to have some room to play. So that's why we can usually get there with $50 a day. And then you could reduce it if it's costing you less. You could bring the campaign down less. Mm-hmm. And um, as long as you're... Um, getting that 15, 50 conversions a week, you'll get out of the learning phase. But the thing is like with e-commerce was one thing I love, especially being an old numbers person. I mean, um, you know, I, 
I have this on my website if someone wants to read through it at meredithcallaher.com. I have a case study yeah. and she is, um, uh, she does meal delivery where she um, sells, you know, people once a week, they pick the different meals that they want from her and she mm -hmm. delivers them. And so what we got an eight to one return, but um, for every $10 she spent, it cost her $10 to get one customer to spend 80 bucks. So you'd do that all day long, wouldn't you? you right? Yeah. yeah. But you have to kind of play. So yeah. So um, the short answer is without like, going off on numbers, like to figure that out, that's, we spent about $1,500 a month and figured out that then we, we kind of, we created a machine where if she wanted to increase her revenue, she just knew she had to put, um, you know, increments of $10 in to get in one more. $80. So 1500 bucks a month is ideal. Um, yeah. You but if you only have, if you only have 500 a month now that if you just want to increase your Instagram followers, mm -hmm. right. And then you could sell to them and Instagram organically, that's a way to start, right? Yeah. So you could, now for that, you could spend the $500 in the month. You yeah. don't need, that's a traffic campaign. You don't need that, those, that yeah. conversion. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. So uh, I said that that would be my last question. I totally lied. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cause I've got another one. The conversion yeah. campaigns that you're doing to your warm audience. You, you've mentioned this a couple of times now about getting people's email address is is that the conversion campaign you typically run to your warm audience is to then get them to give you your email address or like with the lady that's doing the course, how to lose the last 15 pounds, would the conversion campaign actually be buy my course? Would she go straight there or is there still some onboarding that we need to think about? Well, most course creators that I, I work with is, um, are, um, not going directly to the course to sell it because they're using Amy Porterfield's course launch method. Um, just okay. that's how we know each other. I'm in um, a Facebook group with Amy Porterfield's course creators, but Amy teaches to sell courses in a live webinar. Mm -hmm. So what we do is, so the, the lady that's losing 15, um, teaching how to lose your last 15 pounds, she's running three or four, master classes some of them call them or webinars we will send a conversion ad to potential course buyers mm -hmm. and, and but invite them to sign up for a free webinar so put your name and email in for this free master class and that's cheaper than having them go directly to a course sign up page and um pay and also um, you know, it gives her time to sell them in that hour. That's what Amy teaches. But um, so most of the conversion campaigns that I do run for course creators are to, and, and some people send to um, to a landing page. So we send a conversion campaign to a landing page. We give them free information, like a freebie, a PDF download. They They enter their name and email, like get this PDF download, put your name and email here. The, the, then a thank you page pops up and that's where we invite them to the masterclass that works yeah. well too that but um and that's just another way to nurture people along but yeah so the but the, for a lot of e-commerce people that are selling a product for sure you do a we're not getting their email addresses no we're going straight from facebook ad come buy this meal, you know, like run yeah. a video this is why chef nicole is so fantastic mm -hmm. she likes to run triathlons and make meals. <laughs> That's what her video view campaign was. Now go buy her meals, you know, mm -hmm. and like, or go buy the sweater. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. Meredith, listen, uh, I, I might email you a whole bunch of other questions at some point, but, um, Please it's do. been absolutely fantastic to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, if people want to reach out to you, if people want to connect with you, maybe even get your help. Um, how do they do that? What's the best way to reach you? Yeah, and I love to answer questions too. So I um, love Instagram, so I'm there quite a bit. And it's just at Meredith Callaher, where my name, if you're watching, if you're watching us, my name's there. And also on my website, which is also MeredithCallaher.com, you can um, book a free discovery call and we can you can tell me all about your business and we can talk about how Facebook ads might work for you or not. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll tell you if I don't think it's a good idea yet. Oh, fantastic.
Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so that's MeredithCallagher.com or find you on Instagram at MeredithCallagher. We will, of course, put all of the links in the show notes. We know some of you religiously download them uh, and get the show notes and transcript. We will put all the links to Meredith in those as well. And you can get those at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 78. They will all be there uh, very, very soon. If you're watching this live, they won't be there yet, but they will be there very, very soon. Uh, it's been great to chat with you, Meredith. Thank you so much uh, for being here. I feel like we'll probably have you on again at some point in the future just to find out what the next really interesting strategy uh, is, because I'm sure if there is going to be one, you'll figure it out somehow way before the rest of the world. For so, sure. Yeah. I would love you. that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Meredith fantastic? I, I don't know about you. I got pages and pages of notes. Uh, interesting is I might actually try this on the whole podcast thing and see what actually happens when it comes to podcast promotion. I will let you know what the results of that was. Um, but yeah, great, wasn't it? Fantastic. So whatever value you got out of this, do let us know uh, and do get in touch with Meredith. I am sure she would love to hear from you. Uh, and her website again, meredithcallagher.com, uh, or like I say, head over to ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 78, uh, which is this, this episode number, uh, and we will put all the links and stuff to Meredith there, which is fabulous. So yeah, thanks again to Meredith and thanks for listening to the show. If you've made it this far to the end, well done. I'm sure you got some extreme value. Make sure you stick with us, subscribe and all of that good stuff uh, because we will continually bring you more amazing people just like Meredith sharing all their value, wisdom and insights in what's working in the world of e-commerce. So that's it for now. That's it from me. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips, and tools for building your business online.